in episode 151. And one day I told him, you know, he called me. He's like, thank you, sir. And I was like, you know, it's, it's actually ma'am. And he was like, looked at me and uh, he was like, well, correct me. And I was like, oh, uh, shit. Like, he's nice. fucking he's fucking right. Like, I was walking up to my friend's, like, grandma who worked at Goodwill and had, like, basically watched me transition because I'd gone in different clothes so many times. And, like, I walked up to her at the grocery store one day and she was just like, girl, hips. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, you got fucking hips. And I was like, do I? And I was like, I know that I have a deep voice, but that doesn't mean i'm a man i am actually in fact a woman and i showed him the id and pointed out the female marker and he was and i was like and i just want you to know that it hurts my feelings so much when you call me a man because i can't help the way my voice sounds now that's Linz, who came back on the podcast to give us a little update in her life in another curious convo with me your girl giselle it's a two-parter and this is part one so you ready for it? Yes, 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 yes. Cross, yes, podcast, which is El Miraso. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome to the Cross Yes podcast, the podcast that still says yes to everything related to cross dressing, sexuality, and gender. It's me again, your girl Giselle. I'm back hosting another episode for all of you lovely listeners um this is Linz. she came back on the podcast after hearing herself that i was going to release her episode she was like um actually can you go ahead and um let me back on the podcast because i'd like to give a little update and in this episode you hear exactly what is up with her life today I did this episode this past saturday so it's pretty recent and i'm excited for all of you to hear it again if you guys want to reach out to me or the podcast or anyone who's listening on the podcast or who's been on the podcast before you know how to do it just go to the cross yes podcast.com website get on our discord and chat with me billy and all these other lovely people like Linz, uh who are on there if you want to hear us we're on there talk to us um you can also go onto the website and donate a little money for me uh billy and the podcasts on our ko-fi or even our patreon we have some stuff coming up so please go ahead and you know join in if you love what what we're having or what we're releasing we got good content i think so I'll stop talking. I blabber a lot, but this is part one of my curious convo with Linz. I think you'll enjoy it. Part two should be here next week. Um, but yeah, love you all. Stay tuned, and this is going to be a good episode. Let me know what you think. Love y'all. Well, welcome back, Lindsay or Linz. How are you? <laughs> Great. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm awake. It is yeah. uh, five fifty-seven in the morning here in uh, California. It's still dark out, so um, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should probably get lens early in the morning because I feel like it's easier to get people, especially here on the where are you again? Uh, Central time, so it's like eight oh. o'clock here. Eight a.m. Might as well get you on a Saturday morning. But um, welcome back, Linz. Um It's been yeah. We just said ten months. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like ten and a half. Talked. Yeah, almost eleven months. Yeah funny it's been a while um i just released your episode sorry <laughs> again so funny um but it, it worked out i guess because no, it, uh, a lot of people have, yeah a lot of people have loved your uh two episodes um loved our chat um but i know you wanted to come back because i was like hey i'm gonna, I'm gonna release your episode are you okay with that and you're like um so a lot has changed <laughs> oh um do you want to tell us uh what has changed shoot it's been 10 months i'm sure plenty has 
Yeah, well, it was kind of like you kind of came and were like, hey, I got these pictures we took like 10 and a half months ago. Is it cool if I put them out? And I was just like, shit, I don't look like that anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was this uh, yeah, awkward spot where I, it was kind of like a snapshot of a version of me that doesn't really exist anymore. And uh, I was, you know, of course, I was like cool with that. And I thought it was a great interview, but I was just like shit I, he, he's got to give me a chance to clarify myself or like you know give an update just because like i don't know and then it was really interesting to like listen to those um because you know it's been so long and um you know i sound so different um not so much on the voice thing you know that's one that's the one thing that i've really like um kind of refuse stubbornly refused to like work on is my voice um but, you know, I haven't done any like voice training, haven't hired a voice coach or anything like that. But pretty much in every other aspect, I have like come a really long way or as I like to think now, I have completed those parts of my transition or whatever. Um, but it was just like I sounded so happy and I sounded so <laughs> optimistic and I was just like, what happened? Like, it's not like I'm not happy and I'm not optimistic. It's just like I've done it, though, like. Um, you know, I hatched about May 19th of last year and during when I, when it hit May 19th of this year, I was, you know, I was going around like telling people at work, like, this is my anniversary coming up. This is a big deal. And then like some switch flipped after, right after that day where I was just like, I'm fucking done. I'm like I'm done transitioning. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fucking ding. The oven's done. Pull me out. I'm not mushy anymore. Like I'm you know, I was, you know, I was in a very, I've been in a lot of very strange phases, like, you know, like second puberty shit, but like there was, you know, a point after that where I'm like, I'm not trans anymore. I'm just cis woman now. Like, you know, of course, like borderline, <laughs> yeah. like horrible transphobic shit, but I mean, not that bad, but I was just like, I just, I, I guess, so I guess I should kind of like start from, um, from the beginning, I guess you'd say, um, sure. yes you know, for that to kind of make sense. Um, I'm sure you're all wondering how I got here sort of a thing. Um, excuse me. I, I just woke up like 45 minutes ago too. So your girl drinking some coffee. Perfect. Um, yes. We, we forgot you love coffee and pee a lot. So yeah. 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 Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that doesn't hit too bad, but yes, that is, that is true. Um, so it was about middle of October when we, when we recorded and like my biggest thing was like, I wanted to be done doing the double life. Like I couldn't, you know, I fucking hated it. Um, but I had kind of like resigned myself to being like, um, you know, give it a little bit more time. Um, you know, let yourself like the hormones, like change you a little bit, develop. And then I was just like, and come spring, you'll be a beautiful butterfly and you'll come out of your cocoon and you'll stop boy moding and you'll go out and you'll just like, you know, get a full-time job being a woman and it'll be great. So um, optimistic. I love it. So optimistic. Mm -hmm, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, you know, it was killing me to keep doing it, but I was just like, just give it a little more time. Like get through the, the winter's easy when you're in pest control. So I was like, just get through the winter, you know, jack it up hide them boobies. Um, cause I didn't have any breast growth when we talked, I was still like, when I did the interview with you, I was wearing my like, um, heavy little, um, breast form things that like you stick in your bra and they kind of like give you shape. Um, that was one of the last times I wore them was when I did the interview with you. Um, because it was like wearing them was making me feel kind of like, um, claustrophobic. And I didn't like, I didn't feel any like 
pain of like breast buds or anything developing, but like there was something about wearing them. And I just felt like, like, oof, like I feel like somebody's like choking me. Um, but it was like two days after we did that interview, I was sitting on the couch and I dropped something and I leaned forward to grab it and my knee pressed into like my right breast and it fucking hurt. And I was like, I was like, Oh my God, like it's, it's happening. And like, I was like (laughs) pushing at them and like, I could like feel like they kind of hurt if I pushed and I was just like, Oh my God, because I had been on a load, like two milligrams of pills, um, for, uh, since I started on for about two months, um, by that time. And so I was just like, you know, some girls are like after six weeks, four weeks, they're like, Oh, I got little breast buds. And I didn't have anything. So I was just like, shit. Um, but they started to develop then. Um, and, um, go ahead and get this out of the way. Your girl's at a C cup now. Like I'm <laughs> at a 36 C and, um, Wow. I know. And they're still like growing and uh, like you can tell like they've still got like the hard like buds underneath them and everything. And like the shit's been very good to me, Um, like almost so that I'm just like kind of nervous at this at this phase. I'm like, where's this fucking show going? Like, you know, like I'm really (laughs) happy with how they look now and the size now. But like, I don't know, my mom and her sister both got like large breasts. So now I'm like, shit, am I going to? Am I going to be like unhappy about this one day, but whatever, hmm. not going to dare complain about something like that. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I was like, you know, working, um, hiding them under my, uh, you know, hoodie. Cause like, I, you know, it's the typical, how, um, how do you hide C cups? <laughs> well, no, 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 I mean, well, I mean, no, oh, okay. I mean, it, it's only now a C cup, like by oh, May, in May they were a B cup. Um, so it's like, you know, they started out, but like you could see them under my work shirt um, towards the end of, uh, you know, uh, December, early January. Like if I wasn't wearing a jacket, um, like out doing pest control, like you could kind of see them poking um, out from underneath my work shirt. Um, but there still wasn't much. I, I wasn't even like, I didn't even wear like a cup size. I just wore like a sports bra kind of thing. Um, but um it was a uh, extremely emotionally difficult doing the double life thing. Um, I kept like risking crossing the streams. Um, I was, and I was like, dude, it's only a matter of time for like one of my bosses, like sees me out and about or like, um, you know, the, my, my face has come a long, long way with the laser sessions. Um, like even looking at photos from like, you know, 10 and a half months ago when we did this, like, and it, it's fucked up because I look happier in the photos too. But like, um, my Uh-oh. my beard shadow was so noticeable. It was just like it's the first thing I see when I look at any of those old photos. And even it's going back to like April and um, February and March. Like you can still, it's not as bad as it was in the early days. But like my beard shadow is so pronounced. And um, you know, I had no problem going out like that. Um, but like now, like as far as my face has gotten and like how clear it looks, um, looking back, I'm just like, holy shit. Um, and you know, and that's not to like say that you can't have facial hair as a woman. Um, you know, like I know there's like, cause there's like a trans woman here in town who, uh, has like she grows out like a full like gro- goatee and like beard and st- or not like a full beard but she like styles it a little bit and everything like that. It's not to say that you can't like have facial hair and still be a, like a valid trans woman or cis woman for that say you know for that matter. Like there's lots of cis women who sport facial hair, um, but it's just not for me. Um, you know I've had thick beard my entire life and it's just something that 
I I just can't do it. Um, so laser is a huge huge deal for me. Um, but yeah, it's gotten really good by this point. But um, anyway, so came came January, I was just like, can't fucking do it anymore. I'm you know really applying for jobs, and like I did that for maybe upward of a month. And, uh, that was one of the most frustrating experiences of my life. Like going into a job interview, them taking one look at me and knowing by the look in their face, that I'm not going to get this job, but we still have to sit here and go through the interview. That shit was a fucking nightmare. Um, you know, I applied for a variety of different jobs. Some, and then I even got so desperate to where I was like, I'll go work at fucking Starbucks. I don't give a shit. Of course they'll hire me. Like they'll <laughs> hire, you know, I'm, I'm a trans woman. I'm LGBT. They're going to fucking hire me. I'll, you know, and like they didn't like, I interviewed at a couple of different ones that they fucking didn't. And, um, I was just like, you know, I was obviously very qualified for it. You know, I'd done all sorts of different work and like manage and all this shit. And I was just like, all right, dude. So whatever I applied for, like a variety of different jobs. Um, and I didn't like cater myself to be like, Oh, they're not going to hire trans women. I would still just go in there and just, and you know, I still had like my preferred name. I had to put my, you know, legal name on, on all my, in, you know, stuff. And I mean, not so much applications, but like, um, well, on my resume, I kind of had it in one and then like, you know, preferred name sort of a thing. And that was really difficult to applying for jobs with two different names, Cause even if I did like pass, it was like, well, why do you have two different names or, you know, why is one male and one female? Um, so that shit sucked, mm -hmm. but eventually I kind of like gave up in, in a way I gave up and I was just like, I guess I'm just going to fucking do pass control for a little longer. I don't fucking know. And, um, eventually I applied at a grocery store and, um, he called me in for the interview and I was just like, fuck this dude. And I didn't even dress up for it. Like I put on like a hoodie, <laughs> like this really lightweight hoodie that you could see through. Like I didn't realize. So after the fact, you could see my fucking bra through it and stuff. And like, I mean, not bad, but like, you know, I, I looked like shit, you know, I wore, I wore a mask just cause like COVID was kind of hot at the moment. And that, that store actually did have like a mask policy. And, um, so I was like, mask up homie. Like, you know, hide your, hide your shame, go in there, get this thing over with. Um, so I went in there, interviewed for the position. Um, I can't remember what the, what the original position I hired for was, but the interview went pretty good. Um, I walked in and the guy, um, the guy, the manager of the store, the guy interviewed me, young guy, he was a couple of years younger than me, but he was real, like real, like preppy and like with it, like, and uh, he took one look at me and was just like, wow, like, I bet you get that all the time, don't you? And I was just like, what the fuck, dude? And he was like, yeah, because you're like an exterminator. Like, you're here to, like, save people from bugs. And I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, all right. Like, yeah, okay. And um, we did the interview, him and, like, his, um, his the, one of the other assistant managers who was, like, going to basically be my boss if I got hired. And, like, we did the interview and it was, like, fine. And he's like, okay, you'll hear from me by Friday. And I was like, yeah, sure. I fucking will. And so Friday rolls around. <laughs> I'm out there spraying bugs. Um, at one of my favorite houses too. I love this, this old lady and it's in her backyard doing her house. When I saw the, the call come and I was just like prepared myself for like heartbreak. And, um, you know, he called me and I picked up and he was like, Hey, Lindsay. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I just wanted to let you know, like, 
um, we, we, we went ahead with another candidate and I was just like, you know, had prepared my heart. I was like, yeah, you know, I get it. It's cool. And he was like, but I, I want you to come back in and interview for this other position that we think you'd be a better fit for. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, you know, word. Okay, homie. Like, let me, let me see what's up. And like, I went back in. <laughs> like he, he had brought me in the next day to interview with um, somebody else. And it was, I spent five years at Hobby Lobby being like um, the front end lead, like the person who's in charge of the cash register people. And um, uh-huh. I did that in like 20, 2016, 2017 for like four years. Um, well, no, I'm sorry. I did that in 2012 till 2016, 2017. But, um, but yeah, he saw that experience and like brought me in to be the front end lead of that grocery store basically. And so I came the next day, interviewed with um, that person who did that and um I went home and they called me like and offered me the job right like right there. And oh yeah. Like I know, yeah, like I nice. couldn't fucking believe it. Like I was just like this uh, this thought that now I can like I can put in at 2 weeks was like real nerve like it was like you know burying my old life in some ways. I was it was this mm-hmm. nervous thing of like do I put in my 2 weeks like right now? Do I like wait until orientation like this like i i had not switched jobs in so long especially not one that i had been with for so long and was so well established in. i was just like you know they offered me a little bit more than what i was making there promised me like benefits in a few months and all this and it was just like um really fucking crazy and i was just like you know of course i accepted it um went and put in my two weeks um like a day or two later um, and I did that for five and a half months. Um, it was, um, it was pretty crazy. Um, getting started because like, I didn't look great. Um, I didn't look awful either, but a lot of people kind of like, I think it was easier for them to think I was a dude with long hair than it was to think that I was an actual trans woman. Um, you know, all the uniforms are pretty unisex, black shirt, black pants, um, but, um, you know, I wore my jewelry and stuff and everything. Uh, I wore a mask for the first few weeks, too. Um, but um, it was um, the guy training me was like a non-binary. Well, I say guy, yeah, non-binary person. And um, he asked me like the first day, he was like, what's your pronouns? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, thank <laughs> you for asking. Like, nice. all, the, all the good ones. Nice. Like, you know. <laughs> Um, and he, you know, they were a really sweet person to like train me. Um, and it really like helped me feel like comfortable and, and, uh, they were like a male with long hair basically, or AMAP. So going around with them, I think people were just like, oh, another long hair dude sort of a thing. Um, because like <laughs> he didn't even come out to me as non-barrier until like three months later. So I started that, um, and uh, it was like fraught with challenges. Um, nothing like too bad. Like the hardest thing was, um, of course, being called sir and referred to as him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as bad as you might think, but it and it became. It was this thing that I was just like, ignore it. You're just happy to be here. You don't want to like rock the boat. But after I started to get established and people started to like know who I was, I was starting to notice certain employees that were doing it on the regular and it, and I started to correct them. Um, Some were nicer about it than others. 
like one of them and one of them like this dude this this older guy would just like come by me and be like hey brother how you doing brother like all right thank you senor and all this stuff and like <laughs> you know and he was a really nice guy and i don't think like even the first day i met him like he was just like oh like blessings upon you my brother and i was just like okay you know maybe he's just thinking i'm a boy with long hair like i can't get too mad at the fella and like you know he just kept sure. doing it and um and one day I told him, you know, he called me. He's like, thank you, sir. And I was like, you know, it's, it's actually ma'am. And he was like, looked at me and uh, he was like, well, correct me. And I was like, oh, uh, shit. Like, he's nice. fucking he's fucking right, though. Like, I should have mm -hmm. corrected him way earlier. Like, mm -hmm. I can't just expect people to know this. But uh, well, if then, you're comfortable and not respond to it, then he's just going to continue doing that. And, behavior, and that's right? one of the internal things I learned was that if you don't correct them, it sends the message that that's OK. Right. And so right. there was a big learning experience for me of how to conduct myself as a as an openly trans woman, because I had to be open. I say I had to be. I felt like I had to be open about it with people because it was so clearly obvious. You know, I, I barely had breasts. Uh, my voice was, you know, it's not wonderful now. It was, it was worse than, um, I, you know, I did so much talking. I was able to kind of train it a little higher here and there. Um, but like my facial hair, you know, would ever, after I get laser, it would kind of like, you know, be a little bad for a couple of weeks. And like, it was, you know, the regrowth was bad right bef the week before laser. So, you know, it was obvious. And I, I was just like, I was cool with it. I was able to talk about it with people. A lot of people had questions. A lot of people were straight up like, you're the only one I've ever met. And it was this other thing too, of when I got hired, like the night before I started, I told my wife, I was like, dude, this guy who hired me, hired me to be the front end face of a grocery store in West Texas. Like, does he not realize how fucking potentially bad this could be? <laughs> true, true. I expected to be called the T-slur. I expected to be called all sorts of horrible shit by the general public, which none of, none of the shit happened. The first few days I did catch a few things, but the, the thing about transphobes is they're typically cowards. Like they're not going to really like they, when they're in their online spaces and they're safe and they got their little mask, like they're, they're open and vocal. But the second you get them in real life, some of the best, only good shit they can muster is to like grab their grocery bag and, and say, thank you, sir. And then walk away, you know, like, <laughs> and half yeah. the time don't even look at you when they do it. Like they just, some people like I got gawked at a few times and, and and the gawking and the staring, like it passed this, it, it started out of course where I was like, they're clocking me. Like they, they know. And then it became the thing of like, I think they're just staring at the chick dude with like pink hair mm -hmm. or like, you know, I, mm -hmm. I wear a variety of wigs in different colors. So I was always coming in with different colors, but like, I realized I was like, just get, like catching looks and shit. And, um, then and I had to start to get used to that too the the quote male gaze or whatever like but like just being a woman and uh, you know like I'm not gonna like two mile horn but like a semi attractive woman like we just catch looks um, people just tend to linger on us more look at us more men and women mostly men um, it's mostly like older like I don't know. Um, yeah, like I've caught some creepy motherfucking looks, like leers and stuff, and not ones that I'm just like, dude, they're clocking me like they know, but like some of them, sure, but like a lot of them just like kind of like uncomfortably like staring at me too long and shit. 
and I had so to. What like, do you do? You just yeah, like just void it, or you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, I had to kind of like train myself out of the bro nod, you know, the little like <laughs> nod you do to men to men sort of a thing. Because I was just like, and part of me was just like, what's up? Like, are you trying to fight <laughs> me or something? Like, why are you why are you staring like this? It's because of the wigs or your tits. I don't know. It's a girl. Yeah. And <laughs> like as as my breast started to come in more throughout the months working this job, as I started to like grow into myself more, there was a point where the SIRS began to stop. Um, not from the employees, like the hand of small percentage that felt it was either their mission to call me SIR or they just couldn't break out of the habit. I noticed that with the customers, I wasn't getting it as much anymore. And this was like slow, but there was a few times where I'm like, damn, it's been like two weeks and nobody's called me, sir. Nice. And, um, and then like it would happen and I'd be like, well, I'm fucked. And then like it would go another two weeks and I'd be like, holy shit, dude. Like I started, um, wearing actual like cup size bras after I realized just like how much they had grown and like I needed to like give them a little bit of shape and stuff. So I was like, you know, I went bra shot and I was like, holy shit, I'm a fucking B cup. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so then I got the, I got like a push up and stuff to like help them present themselves just because I, I felt like they helped me pass and and I love them. You know, it's like a, I had like top dysphoria more than anything else. And I just like seeing the shape down there like helped me emotionally and uh, helped me feel more confident. So like, and it was not long after I was rocking those B cups where I was putting them on and like, my wife is like, you're coming out the top. Like you you <laughs> need to go shopping again. And uh, so I was like, holy shit. And then like, yeah, got a C cup. But yeah, it was, um, whether it was the way I was dressing, presenting myself. Well, that was the other thing. I didn't prepare for this. I fucking grew hips, dude. And like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying like my fucking bones like spread apart or anything, but like, I think they call it like fat passing, but it's like the, the fat redistribution. It's all gone to my chest and my hips. And like, I've got this fucking like hourglass figure and shit. And um, like, I was walking up to my friends, like grandma who worked at Goodwill and had like basically watched me transition. Cause I'd gone in different clothes so many times. And like, I walked up to her at the grocery store one day and she was just like, girl hips. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, you got fucking hips. And I was like, do I? And I like went and like looked in the mirror. And then I looked at some old photos of me from um, like right as I got on hormones. I looked at this uh, picture of my body, which I had not, I was not prepared for. I did not realize just how much my body had changed. Uh, my face had changed so much. I had this, I looked so much older before, like when I first started hormones, like I had these, like I looked weathered and like my face looked very hard and like features were very strong and you know, hormones like softened it and stuff. And like, I, I know that's like one of the first things you read about it, but like it rounded my face a little bit. My skin looks so much different. Like, of course, like, you know, my nipples grew and my chest grew and everything like that. Um, I had gained a little bit of weight. Um, I think I was like 150 when I first started hormones. I'm like 180 now and I'm not a big mm, girl, mm. but I'm like, I need to probably fucking weight cycle a little bit. I need to drop a little bit and then pick it back up so I can like weight cycle um, every six months. But like, so many fucking body changes and like, but yeah, my hips, um, I had like a triangle figure like a year ago and now I legit like, you know, and like I've got a butt and stuff and like, it's not a great, butt. like I see butts like tight fucking like people who do squats all fucking day and I don't, but like, 
when I put on jeans, like it pops out, you know, it's like, I'm pretty, pretty fucking down with that. But like it passes point in about April where, um, like I've, I looked more female, like, um, my body just like it was, and, it, and I realized it became this thing too, of like, when it came to people gendering me like strangers, it was like this 30, 70% thing to where like they were 30% sure that like I might've been a woman, but they were 70% sure I was a man, but they could kind of tell what I wanted to be. But then it became to this thing of like, if it flipped where it was like 70% sure I'm a woman, 30% sure I could be a man or they're not sure. So it's easier for them to err on the side of ma'am and saying woman, because hmm. like, it's more jarring for you to just straight up call a woman, sir, if you don't feel like she's feminine enough or if her voice is too deep, you know, but yeah, it hit, um, it had passed this point and I, I still kind of like struggle with the idea of passing and the way I, my wife has described it is like, I pass more to the world than I do to myself sort of a thing. Like I'm convinced more that people are like clocking me or they know when like legitimately they don't know. For a while, I was like, oh, wow, people are really nice to trans women. And then I was just like, oh, shit, they don't fucking know. And it's just so not on their radar that like they don't see people and clock people like I do, you know, or they just don't think about trans people on their day to day. I'm just the woman with the deep voice and everything. And the C-cups. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. Fucking. <laughs> mm. And now that. OK, so yeah, I shouldn't get ahead or anything. But in March is when I got my name changed. I had um, sent away the paperwork and done the stuff earlier and it took about six weeks, um, but I got my name and gender marker legally updated on my, you know, all my paperwork, my social security, my driver's license and all that shit. But, um, and so I got all that. Actually, I got my driver's license on like in the mail, the final one in the mail on my fucking tri anniversary on the fucking day, dude. Like, of can course. you fucking believe that shit? Um, <laughs> you know, and like only to you, it'll only happen to you. Apparently. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but it looked so good because like when I got in there in February to get my picture taken, um, I wanted just my photo updated because I was just like, man, I, I'd be going around like this. I don't want to get pulled over and then be like, you don't look like this. So I went just to get my photo updated. And I did that and I was just like, all right, whatever, you know. Um, but like the facial changes in the three months from February to May were jarring. Like when I got that photo, that new photo, because they took a new photo too when I got my shit updated. And I was like, oh man, we just did this. Like, you're going to take another photo? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh God. And so we did it. And then when I got the photo, I couldn't fucking believe how much my face had changed in just three months. Like I had a much squarer face in February and it was much more like sleek and like it looked so different. And maybe, you know, they just caught a better photo, but like I looked so different and I was just so excited. But yeah, and like so right after the anniversary is when I started to kind of like not really fall apart in that job, but I started to get like done with it done with the people um some of the worst transphobia i encountered was from people who meant well and like people uh, that i worked with who had gotten overly comfortable with me mm. and um like one was this older lady who did this one thing that we'd have to interact a, a lot because like i was her li liaison or whatever basically and sometimes she'd need to come to me to, to do these things and every time she'd come walking up i'm like 
you know, hit me with that fucking sir, aren't you, dude? And like, and she didn't mean to. And we'd have multiple discussions about, oh, you know, that's just I I've never met a transfer. I'm trying, honey, and like all these things. And like, you know, she told me one time after we'd had another discussion about she's like, you have opened your heart to me and I am just, you know, want to like, and you are a strong person and all this shit. And like Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, all right, dude. Like I started to like get fed up with the shit and I started to get more aggressive when it came to like correcting people. Like it became a thing where I would not let somebody misgender me without a harsh correction and not like harsh, like, you know, like the GameStop video, like it's man, like nothing like that. (laughs) I would try to embarrass them in front of people if they did it. Like, cause they, sometimes they do it in front of customers. And that was one of my lines. I was just like, don't fucking do it in front of a customer because like for lots of reasons i mean obviously like i'm owed basic dignity but um like there was an older guy who was a sacker that would do it and like you know i would fucking just hit him straight back and be like it's ma'am actually like you know or be like oh it's okay i'm a woman though and like you know (laughs) just like throw that shit out there but like that guy who um would call me like brother and senor like i kind of like lost my shit on him one day and not like i got like mean with him but like I was having a day and some days when I was having a day and I got misgendered, like I, you know, I fucking get them and shit. And like, he came up to me. It was like, this is right after I got my ID in the mail. And uh, like, I still feel, I feel like a fucking psycho for telling this. But like, What's up cross. Yas listener. It's me, Giselle coming at you, wanting to ask you for your help. That's right, my desperate, broke ass needs your help, aka money. Now, you know I'm not too proud to beg. Really, I'm not too proud to beg. So I'm asking you if you could go to the crossyaspodcast.com website, scroll down, and on the sidebar, find the Ko-Fi website. Coffee? Ko-Fi? Who knows? Find the Ko-Fi website donation button and donate a measly $3, or more if you're feeling generous. I hope you are. It ain't free to run this place, podcast hosting, the website, technology, all that jazz. So your money would go a long way. So if you want to help support the podcast, well, consider donating today by again going to the crossyaspodcast.com website, clicking on the Ko-Fi donation link, and do a one-time donation or more if you're feeling generous. Because, you know, I ain't mad. The more, the merrier. And, well, it'll be me who will be merrier. Anyways, thanks for listening. Please send money. And back to the podcast. Like, I still feel, I feel like a fucking psycho for telling this, but like, <laughs> he was like, you know, thank you, brother. All right, senor. Like, I appreciate you and all this stuff. And like, he started to walk away and I was like, hey, hey, let me, let me just show you something real quick. I, I just got to tell you this, like, and I pulled my ID out of, out of my purse and I, he was like, yeah, what's up? You know, and I showed him my ID and I pointed at the female under the gender marker, the sex marker. And I was like, I know that I have a deep voice, but that doesn't mean I'm a man. I am actually, in fact, a woman. And I showed him my ID and pointed out the female marker. And he was, and I was like, and I just want you to know that it hurts my feelings so much when you call me a man because I can't help the way my voice sounds. And he was just like, oh, well, you know, your feelings are my feelings and this, this, and this. And like, I, as soon as he walked away, I went to one of my friends in the other department. I was like, I feel like a fucking crazy person right now. Like I just pointed like, cause he knows I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure. Like he knows I'm fucking trans and here I am just like pointing at this shit. Like, nope, I'm a woman. Like <laughs> you're a fucking asshole. 
and uh, on my last day actually so that that lady that was bad about like misgendering me like on my very last day she um came up and called me um well she called me sir on her way out which was how she would usually do it like we'd have our whole interaction and then she'd like walk out um but i should preface this the reason i had this harsh reaction was because like a week before we had had a heart to heart because she knew i was leaving and she was like well can i come visit you at your new job and i was like i stopped i was like if you don't call me sir like you know do we have been through right. this like are you right. fucking kidding me can you come to my new job and then she oh you know lindsay you know it's, you've opened up your heart to me and like we had this whole big heart to heart and um you know a guard for me a guarded heart to heart but like that last day like we did our interaction and as she was leaving she said thank you sir and i was so fucking pissed but i was just like dude it's my last day like don't let it get to you um but she hadn't finished out the transaction that we do and i was just like whatever i'm, I'm off in an hour and a half but she came back soon she came back like 20 minutes later and i was still fucking pissed about it and like she's waiting in line i've got a customer she comes up to the desk to do her business and uh as she's coming up she hands me the check and the stuff and i was like so you couldn't let me get my last fucking day in without calling me sir could you and she looked <laughs> fucking pissed she like threw the check on the counter and she was like <laughs> she goes what do you want from me and i was like oh, for you to honor my to like respect me basically like you to like use the language that i've asked you to use like what do you mean what do you want from me and she was like well i've apologized and i've done this and like i'm like like you know, doing her transaction, like I've got her on like the defensive. And I was like, you know what? I hope if they ever hire another trans woman, I hope you do better next time. And she was like, <laughs> she was like fucking pissed. And like, then my boss <laughs> came by and she like, kind of just like, all right, you two, like, and uh, like split us up. And I was just like, dude, if my boss says a damn word to me, like I'm going to go clock out right now and just walk out of here. But she just like ran away. Like she didn't want none of this shit to, you know, with my boss too. that. I mean, there was lots of reasons why I left. My boss was a fucking nightmare person. She was just kind of a coward and just kind of miserable um, with herself. And so she just kind of like spread that misery out. But like somebody had gone to her at one point and was like, I think it's really ugly that the one of the older bagger calls Lindsay, sir, and especially in front of customers. And uh, her response was, well, sometimes I do it too. And, oh, um, you know, yeah, but it's yikes. like, if you were a real manager, you would like you. And even if that was true, because she had done it like once or twice, like in the heat of the moment um, and I'd heard it, you know, um, but like if you were a real manager, you would have gone to that bagger and been like, look, I know this is hard. I do it, too. We need to try to be big boys and girls and we need to try to like do this because it's very important. You know, it's like instead of just being like, well, I do it, too, sometimes. Therefore, I'm not going to say anything. And that I found yeah, its way back terrible. to me. Yeah, I know. And so that was another thing. I was like, I need to fucking leave. It was a very conflicting thing to leave that job because I had like grown and I had grown in that job. Like I had become the person I was in that job. In that time that I had done it, I had met new friends. I had, it was like a family. Every, you know, there's like 200 something employees and like everybody fucking knew me. And like for as much shit as I talk about the couple that, were shitty to me mostly everybody else was very good to me they're very validating to me and um i love most of them it was like a family it was a place where i felt very seen i felt very accepted 
And uh, it was a really hard decision to leave. Um, on that last day, um, I actually had gone around about an hour before I was set to clock out and started doing my goodbyes then. And like, there was this one woman who worked up at the registers and um, an older woman, and she had spent like six years in prison for like forging prescriptions. But like, and hmm. the way we had gotten along really well, but, and she's the one who told me about the boss comment about like, um, you know, like, well, sometimes I do it too. She's the one who told me about that. But like, we had this relationship of like, we were in jail together kind of. And it was just like, we would kind of like keep eyes on people and just like kind of gossip a little bit about who's doing what, who's leaving, who's about to go where, who's for what reasons. But like, I went up to her when I was doing all my goodbyes and I was just like, you know, look, I'm really going to miss you and stuff. And she, you know, and like, I came so close. I was like, if one tear fucking escapes, I'm just going to not be able to stop crying the whole rest of this time. And it was like, it was such a hard, like people who like given me clothes and stuff right before I left, they were just like, look, I've got like old clothes that may fit you. Like I'm going to bring you a trash bag of them. And like, it was like, I was so conflicted about leaving because I knew I couldn't continue to grow in that job because I didn't want to be openly trans anymore. And not to say that like I couldn't, like I wasn't going to be ultimately in anywhere else, but it was just like, I was tired of the persona. I was tired of the identity of being the trans person um, because there was a, a female to male up there too that only worked like occasionally up the registers and nobody fucking knew about him because he passed so much better and shit. Like, um, unless you knew him before he transitioned, which he did in that job like six years ago, you wouldn't fucking know. But people are always would always be like, yeah, you're the only trans person I met. And I'd just be looking at him like, mm, really? You think so, huh? Um, <laughs> but, I, but I didn't want to out him to anybody who didn't know sort of a thing. But um, I had just like, yeah, just like kind of become this person. And I was tired of being that person. And it was just like, I felt being openly trans gave people like a license to like misgender me in some ways. Um, you know, obviously not, but I had just reached this point of passing where I was like, if I go into a new job, I don't have to talk about being trans. And if they, if they misgender me, I can just play it and be like, I'm sorry, honey, why would you say that? You know, just because I have a deep voice doesn't make me a man. Like that's kind of weird mm -hmm. and extremely rude that you would say that. And yeah, um, before I kind of move away from the grocery store thing, there's two particular stories that I just have to tell because it's like, it's so fucking awful. Um, it's funny, but it's awful. It's also mm -hmm. truly awful. Um, there was this- Can't older, wait to hear it. Can't yeah. Hear yeah. It. This this old man was a sacker up there um, and he was, he was cool as shit. Like he was on the level. He always mammed me. He was always like very- validating you know and um i just remember thinking like dude this old dude is on the level when it comes to trans people like you know and everything um and like one day my wife was in the store and like we had like hugged and kissed and then like she left and um he saw that and so like i i gone to do a carry out or something and he was out there too and like we're coming back in the store at the same time and he's like talking about when he was young, how hard it was, like gay people had to like kind of be hidden and stuff. And he was like, you know, being openly gay is not like it is now. And and what you're doing is is real, real brave and and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, thanks. You know, and he was like, <laughs> when and I'm sure it's not easy. And I was like, you know what, dude, it's fucking not like there are some days where it's just awful, you know, and like we come in the store and like he gets like real serious and he like leans over to me and he's like but i i just want to ask you um are they going to be able to produce a penis for you 
And like my brain was so shocked and confused by what he said. Like my first thought was like the boys. Oh, I'm sure they produce penises for me all day. Like, (laughs) um, but then I was like, I'm sorry, what the fuck did you just say to me? Like, like, say that again. And he was like, well, are they going to be able to produce a penis for you? And I was like, what the fuck do you think I am? Like, you know, and he was like, well, you're, you're female transitioning to male, aren't you? And I was like, please, please, please tell me you're trying to give me a stupid ass compliment right now. And he was just like, I, I just stuck my foot in my mouth, didn't I? And all this shit. And I was just like, you motherfucker. Like we didn't talk like, you know, like I didn't talk to him for like a day. I just was like, that was one of these like lines that got crossed that I was just like, this is because I'm openly trans. You know, this is right after the anniversary too, when I had been talking about it a little bit, I was like excited. And I was like, look, I'm coming up on one year. He thought that I was a, assigned a, a male or assigned female at birth and that I was like transitioning to male, but that I was, I guess, like not open about it to like the world, but only to like at work. Um, so it was this really conflicted thing of like, he thought I was a, a quote, real girl. He thought I was a bio girl. Um, oh. You know, yeah. And um, that's how well to him I passed. But he thought maybe like, I, you know, a lot of people don't know the timeline of transition either. Like for all he knows, I've been on testosterone for a whole year and it just takes a long fucking time. Um, you know, so like that's what he thought sort of a thing. Um, but my my conflictions were like, um, never, you know, obviously, and I talked to him about this a little bit later. I was never asked a, a trans person about their genitals. First of all, it's not your fucking business. Second of all, if you thought I was transitioning to male, why the fuck have you been calling me ma'am for the last three months? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like how fucked up is uh, that suddenly where I went from thinking this dude is all on the level to realizing he's not at all on the level. Like he literally is just an old boy from West Texas. Like, you know. Yeah, that's but that's how change happens, right? Is that we we address these misconceptions that even an old man has, and then we talk about it. Hopefully, <clears throat> yeah. And that was another role that I had gotten sick of. It was being the the world's teacher about trans mm. trans things. Like I had done mm-hmm. it for so long, and like to be fair, I was fairly open about it, fairly willing to talk about this stuff. But it became exhausting after a point where it was just like you know. Um, what if you were tasked everywhere you went with being, you had to explain your culture, you had to explain like the type of food that, you know, your family eats or something, or like something about you. Like if you're Asian, like everywhere you go, you have to explain what being Asian is like, like, you know, I mean, there's really not much Mm -hmm. to it. It's just, you know, but like, imagine having that being tasked with that of having to account for your existence everywhere you go. And it became this exhausting thing of that, of like, I'm open about it. I'm willing to teach the world about it. But then it became a thing of like, I am like tasked with it. And um, I was just fucking sick of it. I didn't want to be trans after a while. I just wanted to be a fucking woman. Like, and that's where I got Hmm. fed up um, around May, June was I was just like, I just can't fucking do this anymore. I just want to live my life. I don't want to be the world's teacher anymore. I just want to be a girl. And I'm finally at the point where I can be that just not here at this job. Hmm. And, um, so I went ahead and started, um, applying jobs and, um, and, and, you know, I mean, have as much sympathy as you will for that, for that old fella. Um, he, tried- well, was, this, was there another story too before? You yes. Had- okay. Okay. So that's, and that's what I was going to, um, actually okay. get to before, 
Um, so on the last night we worked together, um, he comes up to me and he's like, you know, I just want to, you know, let you know that it's been a real pleasure, like working under you. Like it's been, you know, really, you know, a once in a lifetime experience. I'm really sad to see you go and stuff. Um, and then like, and in like, to be fair, like I've, you know, we, he would make like sexual jokes sometimes and I would, you know, like still kind of stuck in that like guy mentality of like, you know, that's okay. Sort of a thing. I, you know, I wouldn't like, you know, sometimes he'd say something I'd be like, Oh, mm, you know, I kind of wish you hadn't said that, but, um, you know, like he'd make a joke about some, like some porn or something. And I just kind of like, you know, like, all right, you know, kind of dirty old man type phenotype and like, but like he does his heartfelt goodbyes and stuff. And then like, he goes, um, Oh, you know, I, I wasn't going to say this. And I was, my brain was like, then don't fucking uh -oh. say it, dude. <laughs> don't like, say just, it. Just don't, don't it. you know? Yeah. But he comes out and he's like, you know, I was born in small town, West Texas, conservative family, you know, this, this, and this. And like the idea of two men kissing doesn't do a thing for me. Now, two women kissing not does a lot for me and i'm just like okay where the fuck is this going and then like and he goes but i just want you to know for you i'd make an exception and i was just like dude that's not nearly as like flattering as you want it to be like you know like and i i told him i was like dude i'm not in drag right now like i am not um i'm not you just told me I'm a hot dude basically and like mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. i was just like that's just not fucking cool dude um, and then he like, <clears throat> I was like, you know, despite what you may think, like, you know, I'm not a fucking dude in a costume right now. And he was just like, and he said it and not in the mean way either. He was like, well, you know, I mean, you and I could have a sword fight. I'm just saying. And I was just like, okay, dude, walking away from you. Right. Fucking yeah. Like, I was fucking <laughs> pissed. And then like later that night he comes, like he gets off and he goes to buy some groceries and I see him come from my line. I'm like the only register open at the moment. And I'm just like, fuck dude, here he comes. And like, I was, and he was like, you know, trying to apologize. And I was like, dude, don't ever, ever, ever say some shit like that to a fucking trans woman again. Like, don't like, and you know, it's about con like, and um, he said something like, I guess I wasn't being very politically correct. And I said, that's nothing to do with political correctness. It's about no. common, common decency, man. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, just because I have a dick doesn't make me a man. And like, and he kind of looked at me funny. And I was like, and I can tell by the way you're looking at me, you don't agree. But like, you know, um, I was, yeah, like, and I, I, I hit him pretty fucking hard. And I was just like, don't you ever, ever, ever speak to another trans woman like that again. Like, I hope you fucking like... You know, again, I didn't say the same phrase to him, but essentially I was just like, I hope you fucking do better next time. Like, mm -hmm. um, but it was like, that was some of the worst transphobia I encountered was ones that came from misguided um, places and places that were intended to be complimentary. Um, you know, as in like, you were the most beautiful dude I've ever seen as like horrible, mm -hmm. horrible, horrible, horrible. But it came from a place that he thought it was complimentary. And like, that's worse than catching the deliberate sirs and, and to, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so, and that was, you know, I guess interesting in some ways. It's just, I didn't expect that. Um, you know, I expected the more direct kind of like transphobia. And, uh, and some of the older people were the worst. I mean, they weren't, you know, I mean, but I say that, but I mean, I had a couple young dudes occasionally come through my line that, 
you know, younger than me. And they'd be like, all right, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, sir. You have a good night, sir. And I'm just like standing there, like, feel like I just got like the shit beat out of me. And I'm just like, really homie? Like, holy shit, dude. Like, obviously it was a very important for you to, you know, like how masculine of you to like, you know, <laughs> to let uh-huh, me know uh-huh. that I'm a dude, you know, but and the, the last person uh, was an older lady. And uh, I hardly ever interacted with her, but she was one of the ones that occasionally called me sir. And she actually came into my new job when I was working there. And she was like, you know, and I just, I couldn't believe you left. I thought you were going to keep moving up in management and stuff. And, uh, you know, I asked somebody, I said, well, why didn't he stay? And they were like, oh, you know, he was being missed. People were mistreating him. And, you know, she said all this to me like this. And, you know, I'm here in my new job in my new space. And uh, I was just like, so the thing about it is the reason I left is because like, get this, I'm a woman, but people thought because I had a deep voice, it would be fun or mean or something to just like call me a man. Like, can you believe that? Um, so that was actually why I left. Like I just straight up like threw it at her like that was like, cause she had just done it. And I was just like, so I'm actually, a fit. cause at this point, you know, like when, when she saw me like a month ago, like, you know, there's nothing about me that speaks man anymore, except for my voice. And I was just like, yeah, I was just like, it was funny shit to me to like put her on that like defensive ground of just like, can you believe that I got bullied like that? Isn't that fucked up? What if you had a deep voice <laughs> and people decided that you were a man and that would, they would just tease you like that? Um, because that's not how it started out in that last job, but that's where it, beca- that's where it went was this thing of like nothing about me read male anymore, but people knew they remembered. Hmm. Um, so to them, it gave, gave them license cause they knew quote the old me. So it was just like, you know, they felt entitled to like misgender me. Whereas now it's socially risky for them to do that, especially in a working environment mm-hmm. where like they call me, sir, especially, I mean, not just because my paperwork's updated and everything like that, but like, you know, like it, they look like the asshole now. Like if they do it in front of like a customer or something, that person just look at me and be like, what? Like, you know, it's just, and it's usually only women who do it now. And like one of my friends told me, I was like, well, if they really thought you were a man, they wouldn't do that because like, it's just like a catty thing. It's, they feel like they can do that because it's like, I threaten them in some ways because like, you know, I, I look better than them and they're quote real women, you know, and shit mm-hmm. like that. But, but yeah, um, I guess that's pretty much the closed chapter of the grocery store. Um, I grew a lot. I had some good friends. Most of my friends were really fucking young. They were like 18, 19 years old. And I eventually did get a therapist a few months ago, but she kind of described it as in like they, those friends made more sense to me in that phase of my life because I was going through like this puberty thing. And so were they. Um, you know, I, like my body was changing. I was struggling with like feelings about like who I was attracted to. And, um, it was just like this thing of like, we meshed really well on that ground. But after I left market street, I kind of like, um, we kind of like grew apart and stuff. And I really wasn't like, like we were doing like girls nights here and there and stuff like that. And all that kind of like fell apart after I left. Um, but um, the only way I felt I could continue to grow as a person and grow into my transition was to move on to the next thing. Um, even though like I was very comfortable and I would have liked to have stayed there a little longer. Um, but it was just like, why? Like, what's the point? Like, I'm not achieving anything. I wasn't going to move. I, and it's funny because I had just gotten full time too. like they made me hang in there for five months at 35 hours average. 
before I would get benefits and vacation and all that stuff. And I got the letter in the mail saying like, you know, here's your benefits. And then I, I was like, dude, I just had that interview yesterday. Like this, this means <laughs> I'm going to get this other fucking job because I can't just have anything good in my life. Like I can't just be right. happy with right. anything I'm given. It's always got to be something else. But. So then what happened? So you got that, you left that job and you moved to another job, I presume. Yeah. I, um, I got another job at an off tag retail store, you know, pretty, pretty busy place, but I went in there, applied for a, a supervisor position, a full-time one. And, um, I interviewed with the store manager and her assistant for like an hour and a half. Like I went in there, didn't say, and that was one thing I learned about when I was interviewing, um, you know, cause I've been through a lot of interviews earlier in transition. Um, never never bring up the fact that you're trans. Like I used to be bad about bringing that up in the interview, clarifying it because obviously I felt like it was very obvious, but in this new, new mindset, new look and everything, I was like, I'm not going to fucking mention it. You know, it's not anybody's place to ask. Um, it's not, I don't, I don't have to disclose it to anybody. Yeah. Um, so I went in, I did the interview. It lasts like hour and a half. They, um, they reached out to me um, a couple weeks later and, uh, you know, offered me the position at a little bit better pay, guaranteed full time benefits after two months and stuff. Um, and so I was kind of once again, like going into this like world where I'm hired as a supervisor. And it's one of those like tricky things where like people kind of like see you walking in they're like, well, who the fuck is this person? Like, you know, like I've been here for like this long and they didn't offer me a supervisor position, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like this weird ground that you have to tread of being like, well, I'm your boss, but I'm also new. And there's also something very off about me. So it's like, I need to like, <laughs> like people were kind of like, not sure about me for the first like week and a half. And just like, you know, they can just not be sure of a new person in general. But I think, um, the fact that I wasn't openly trans, but it seemed to be like probably the case, but people felt like they couldn't like ask me about it. I think it was a little, people weren't quite sure like who I was or how to treat me necessarily, um, or how friendly I was going to be. But after a couple of weeks, people, they started to warm up to me and stuff. And now it's, I've been there for about six, seven weeks, um, and I'm finally like established now, like people are more comfortable with me and like I'm making like friends who are a little bit older this time. This time we're like at 23 to 27 age range. So I'm not quite in the kids anymore, but, um, you know, like, which is good because like I was getting like sick of like having like 19 year old friends, like they're just, yeah, they're stupid. They're stupid. Yeah. They're, no, they're yeah. really bad about keeping plans. Like they don't have a lot of life experience. Like I was constantly having to explain shit to them and, um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, there'd be sometimes I'd be talking to one of my other friends and one of my better friends from the last job. And like, I would stop halfway through a conversation and be like, wait a fucking minute, dude, I'm twice your goddamn age. Like I'm your entire life. I've lived one of those as an adult. Like, cause I'm 36, you're 18. Like this is, <laughs> this is stupid, you know, like, and, and not to be like ageist and be like, oh, since they're young, they're not, they don't have worth or whatever, but like, but they don't, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess. So. <laughs> yeah. But so, you know, it's like occasionally sometimes they're like real mature and like have like, you know, the, the old spirit thing where like you can't hold a good conversation with them. And like, they, they ask good questions yeah. or like they, they're very yeah. thoughtful and stuff. But like, for the most part, like they, you know, and like a couple of them, like, I kind of credit with myself with like, I probably saved them an unwanted pregnancy because like they had done some shit and were coming to me like, 
you know, and I knew a couple of them, like the boyfriend and the girlfriend, and they both like the boyfriend would kind of come to me in a, in a sort of like sort of holdover, like bro mode sort of a thing. Like I was able to kind of level with him as a man. And then with her, I was able to kind of like, you know, relate to her as a female, but like they fucking fucked up and didn't use protection. And it was like the next morning coming to me like, well, he did this, but that's OK. Right. And I was like you need fucking plan B right now. And he needs to go fucking buy it for you. Like, cause yes. that was on him. Don't, don't say like, you know, he didn't want to wrap it up girl. This is your fucking body. Like, you know, you need to protect yourself. Like, and homeboy, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, you know, so they went, you know, he went and got plan B after that talk and stuff. And, and everything, but like, you know, and this is right after the reverse Wade thing. And I was just like, you realize how Oof. fucking far you're going to need to drive and how much Oof. money you're going to have to put down if this fucking takes. And you're, you know, I was just like, look at me. I have a fucking three-year-old and I'm 36 and I still feel like I had a kid way too early. Like you do not mm -hmm. want this at 18 and the way you are, you do not fucking want this girl. Like, you know, <laughs> what the fuck were you thinking? Sure. It felt good for a minute last night. Like. But, you know, so it's like that was that was the take I tried to have. It's like maybe I saved them from having, uh, you know, a kid too soon in their life for that little brief time or, you know, was to to help them, you know, overcome that or whatever. But uh, but anyway, um, well, let's let's talk about the we haven't it's been an hour in and we haven't talked about your wife or your kid. How has that changed yeah. in the last year or so after um, you know, coming? So that one, it's tricky. So it's the kind of thing where, so full disclosure, like we. And that was part one of my curious convo with Lens and update, I guess. If you like that part and you like that little cliffhanger, well, stay tuned for part two, which will be here next week. And finally, the miscellany. Yes! And that was my curious convo part one update of my talk with Linz. What an interesting life she's had in the past year since I've last updated or last chatted with her in my previous curious convo with her. Um, yeah, lots has changed in her life, her new job, her hormones, her B cups. Um, it's interesting to hear her, I guess, reaction from friends and her coworkers and uh, you know, she's doing really well. Um, I'm excited for her. I'm excited to see where it goes. I know she's kind of like, I'm tired. She said she sounded optimistic and now she's not as optimistic, but I'm hopeful for her. But I enjoyed my curious convo with her. It's just part one. Part two will be here next week. Yeah. Stay tuned next week. Lovely people. I think you'll enjoy it. Come on the podcast discord if you guys haven't yet. Uh, you lovely ladies and anyone really who's listening. We even have support there for significant others. Yeah, people are on there just chatting it up. But if you enjoy what you're hearing here, yeah, I think you'll love um, the Discord podcast. Yeah, podcast Discord. Um, but that's all. Let's see. I usually end uh, my podcast with my favorite saying. So let me uh, read it because, you know, I'm lame. Um, yeah, and that's all for this episode. Remember, when it comes to your cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender, no one cares as much as you do. So do whatever you do whatever you want, wear whatever you want, and be whoever you want within reason. Because as long as you're not hurting anyone with your cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender presentation, why does it matter? Live your life to the fullest authentically and on your terms because life's way too short not to. Be kind to yourself and one another and try to live your life with balance and without regret. I hope you, cross yas listener, realize that you are loved by me and this podcast, so please let me know what you need so I can help you succeed. 
And another friendly reminder, if you enjoyed what you heard this week, remember to share this episode and the Crossy Yas podcast with someone else. Because if you found any of what you just heard helpful, imagine what this podcast could do for someone else. And that's all for this week's episode. And until next time, as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more. Thank you.